If you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Matthew chapter 9 this morning, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 9. Right at the end of the chapter, so maybe you want to look for Matthew chapter 10, because we're going to be down there in verses 35 and following. If you have your Bibles there, I'm reading from the New King James, it says, And Jesus went about to all the cities and the villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let's pray, shall we? Thank you, God, for this day and this opportunity to bring honor and glory to your name, not only as we sing some really good songs that point us to who you are and what you have done, and also our responsibility, but Lord, also, now as we worship you by the study of your word, as we focus on who you are and what you have done and what you have for us yet today, Lord, help us to truly worship you in this time together. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. I've entitled my message, See the Situation Like Christ. Although the subtitle that goes along with this is Thrust Down or Thrust Into Action. And we'll get into that a little bit as we go along this morning. But you know, we have been privileged to be your missionaries for almost 30 years. Uh, We are so grateful that we have had this connection. You are, and please don't believe I say this every place we go, uh, you are absolutely one of our favorite churches. Of all the churches we go to, we love being here with you folks and love being able to partner with you as you give to God And then God gives to us all that we need uh, to be able to serve him and uh, to work for him. That is a wonderful thing. We have been uh, serving with our our mission board since 1990, and uh, that's a long time. We're getting closer to the end at this point than we are the beginning of the ministry, by all means. God knows when that will be. But we press on and we enjoy the ministry that God has for us. We have seen a lot over the years. Uh, we have been privileged to be part of brand new church plants and see them grow from one or two believers into a full-grown, full-sized church that we're able to have a pastor or and in one case, an associate pastor even on before we were able to move on and continue on in another. We've seen other churches that were really struggling be able to be encouraged. We've seen churches that didn't know what to do next or how to keep the people that were coming to them. We've been able to see them really disciple them and and carry on. I loved your announcements this morning. So many opportunities to really get to know God and understand what He has for us. 
wonderful announcements. If you didn't catch those, get back into that and look at it because that is important. We've also seen many other things, many other places where there are so much more need for churches, for people to be a witness for Jesus Christ. In the area that we live, if you ever come down and visit us, uh, and we do encourage you, if you are in Sydney, please contact us. Uh, yes, we are not right in Sydney, but we, we saw somebody last weekend who spent four days in Sydney and didn't contact us. We would be encouraged just to see you, <laughs> okay? So if you are in Sydney for business or anything, let us know. Would love to, even if we only get an hour together, would love to be able to see you. It would greatly encourage us as your missionaries, uh, if you're thinking that direction. If you're down there on vacation or work or whatever, we're happy to see you. But we have, if you spend much time with us, if you come to our area or some of those kind of things, you would find that one of the things we would start to do just out of habit is point out the different suburbs that really don't have any solid gospel preaching church in them at all. Some of them are sizable and they really need more laborers, more people who will be there in church planting. And Barb and I are quite likely on like our last church plant that we will lead. We might help somebody who needs some experience alongside of them in another one, but we're getting closer to the end. When we see people who need salvation, our message to them is Jesus saves. He has done everything. As the last song that we sang pointed out, to those who are, are weak, those who are weary, those who are burdened with their sin, even if they don't know it's their sin that's burdening them, ah, we say Jesus saves. To those who know Jesus Christ, those who have accepted Him as their Savior, we say one of the most important messages we could get out to you today is found in this passage in Matthew chapter 9, Uh, especially verses 37 and 38. But as we do this this morning, we're going to see this in several different ways. The first thing we want to do is looking around. Point number one, looking around. You see that in verses 35 and 36. But Jesus went to all the cities and the villages and teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... Let me just pause right there. What is Jesus seeing when he saw? What is he seeing? Well, he's seeing cities... And villages, right? I mean, that's what the passage says. He's seeing more than the walls of his home. He didn't sit at home. He could have. And I get it that during the pandemic, that might be a safer place to be. Uh, And a lot of people are struggling to come back out of that pandemic mode and start to see beyond their own home walls once again. Jesus didn't sit at home. He was out in the cities. He was out in the villages. I kind of like this to uh, fishing. If you're going to go fishing, you'll like to go to a place where there's a lot of fish, right? 
Who wants to go fishing in a pond with no fish? Yeah. If you're going to go fishing, you're out there for the joy of fishing. Now, yes, sure, you hope to be able to have the right equipment to go fishing. You hope to have fish in the pond. You hope to have a fish on the hook, eventually. That's part of it. But Jesus is going fishing both in the big ponds and the little ponds. Jesus isn't being a respecter of persons and saying, I'm only willing to go where I can have good electricity, I can have all of my modern conveniences, I can have an Apple store nearby, I can have... That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's going every place that he needs to be. Notice also that he's seeing synagogues. He's teaching and proclaiming and even healing to show the change of program. Now, as I study the scripture, you see healing at different points in scripture. You see it in the Old Testament, you see it in the New Testament. When God is changing the program, when God is saying, hey, pay special attention here, something different is happening, that's the time that God gives people the opportunity for healing. This is God himself, Jesus, who's doing the healing. So, I'm not going to go out and heal anybody today. Okay, I'm not going to heal anybody tomorrow. There are a few things that I'm glad I don't have spiritual gift for. I can imagine that would be a time consumer, and I wouldn't be able to spend as much time talking with people. Uh, you know, um, that's not what is saying here that we have to go out and heal people. What he's really focusing here on is not the healing, but he wants to focus our attention on the situation the people are in because he is seeing sickness. Both disease and this word here, sickness, or sick hearts is more the direction that the original language is pushing this in. You know what it is to have a sick heart, right? Uh, During the pandemic, as soon as uh, they were talking about it being a pandemic and they announced two weeks to flatten the curve, a lot of people were thinking, okay, this is okay. And I was, I mean, you want to talk about getting down? As soon as I heard two weeks to flatten the curve, I knew they were not going to let up after two weeks. (laughs) I knew that right away. And emotionally and mentally, I took a nosedive. Boom. And I was struggling just because my heart was sick at what was going on and at the reality that a lot of people were going to be hurt by this. Now, after the two weeks passed and everybody else uh, figured out that they weren't going to let up on the, you know, the restrictions and all of that kind of stuff, and they started to go down. By then, the Lord had already picked me up, and I was going strong again, and I was able to minister to people. So, by God's good grace, He let me go down first and then come up first. Uh, and we did a lot more counseling than we have ever done in our ministry through that time. Here we're seeing people who are full of, of sadness and sick hearts. They're Results of problems they have in their life. Problems that are so overwhelming. Well, we aren't out there to cure all their physical diseases, and I'm not stopping COVID or anything like that. That's not happening. Sometimes we listen to all of the physical issues that people are facing. Uh, and We do a ministry in a, 
retirement home as well. <laughs> and there are times when conversation with older folks, that's what half of the conversation or three-quarters of the conversation is all about. Well, this is a problem, and this is a problem, and this is a problem. And you hear all of those things. And they never get on to the really important spiritual side of things. Jesus here is not only seeing the physical sickness, but he's also seeing what it's doing to them physically and emotionally. Jesus sees people in need, people harassed and helpless, or, depending on your translation, weary and scattered, troubled, bothered, placed in an annoying situation that they really would like to be able to get out of and don't know how to get themselves out of. In fact, they can't get themselves out of it. The nuance here is that they feel abandoned, rejected. The Greek word here is literally cast off to the ground, rejected as people. This is done forcefully with a sense of haste and a lack of concern or care. The, the Greek word here is uh, rip. Uh, ripto, to cast down or to put down in a negative light, to in literally to, to be able to uh, push down into the dust or even under the dust, as in kill <laughs> and bury. Now, is that what was going on by the Romans to the Jewish people of the day? Oh, yeah. They had no respect of life. They had no respect of persons, and it didn't bother them at all what was going on. They were casting them down in a very big way. So what does Jesus do? Point number two this morning, looking up. Looking up. First, we were looking one direction, now we're going to be looking up. He was moved with compassion for them. But when he saw the multitudes, verse 36, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. He was not distracted by physical limitations. Yes, his heart was broken, it says in one paraphrase. Jesus' heart was broken, but he had compassion on them, this great affection and compassion for someone. Jesus used the same word when he was describing a certain Samaritan who was going down out of Jerusalem towards Jericho, and all the priests and all the religious people had passed by on the other side of the road because there was a guy over here that was, uh, yeah. But a certain Samaritan went as he was traveling along the way, and when he saw the person who had been beat up and robbed, he, Jesus says, had compassion for him. Luke chapter 10, verse 33. Paul uses the same word, compassion, when he's talking in Philippians chapter 1, verse 8. How I long for you all because of the compassion of Christ Jesus himself. So here he's, Paul is acknowledging this compassion of Jesus Christ. If you are 
struggling with what we're supposed to do with our feelings, can I encourage you to get into the Word of God and study this word, compassion? It's a great word to study. This is something that God himself created and God himself expects us as believers to have. Compassion. It's a very emotive word. God expects us to be people full of compassion. Jesus here, because he is God, is showing that God is a God of compassion. I'm not sure who said it, but there's a a quote. Uh, When we stop caring, we lose part of who God made us to be. When you stop caring, and it's easy to do, you get overloaded, you see too many people with too many problems, and then you just stop because you can't. Oh, but when you do that, you lose part of who God made you as an individual to be. During World War II, people were not treated well by a ruling class. If I think of the world today, you can go to Ukraine and see how Russian soldiers and the Russian government is treating the Ukrainian people. Not very good. You can go to the other side of the world and see China and what they're doing to the Uyghur people. Now, you might not know any Uyghurs. I do. I've had the opportunity to witness to a number of them who have come to our city for Uh, University. Uh, We have a large university in our town that takes up to 25,000 international visitors every year. And uh, many of them come out uh, from countries where we couldn't go as a missionary openly. But when they are there, over and over again, every year we have several people who say, well, while I'm in Australia, I thought maybe I would check into Christianity. Yes, (laughs) very good. (laughs) I'm glad you did. I hear people say, well, you know, grandparents, they were, they were Christians. Uh, my parents, they, they follow Mao. Um, me, I need to decide. Yes, you do. <laughs> Absolutely you do. And then we uh, have the opportunity to do more and more Bible study with them. In 2020, Barb and I made a trip uh, that was delayed by one day. Uh, we, the lockdowns were so tight in Australia, you had to have permission to be inside the airport, uh, even. You, you couldn't fly, even if we're American citizens, they didn't care. Uh, you know, um, you had to have permission to be inside the airport. And uh, we didn't get that permission until, what was it, six minutes or so after our flight took off. Uh, and we're, we weren't real happy. <laughs> but I got a text. Just about that time, I mean, we hadn't even left the suburb that the airport is in before I got this text from a guy who had found one of our things that we had passed out in in, uh, trying to do some outreach for the church, and uh, he found it in some bushes, okay? Um, And he picked it up, and he finally decided he needed to contact our church. Well, to make a long story short, I, I spent the much of the 24 hours that we were delayed, uh, 
texting back and forth with him and sharing the gospel with him and what have you, and then passed him on to somebody else who was able to carry that conversation on as soon as uh, we were on an airplane. Mick did uh, come to a point where he confessed Christ as a savior. He's not doing very well right now spiritually because he struggles a lot mentally and uh, socially and emotionally. But one of the things that is amazing is Mick's parents saw the compassion we had on their son, a guy who's had a lot of needs and a lot of problems all of his life. And you know what? Mick's parents now claim our church as their church. (laughs) And they are happy to be connected with our church because we were people who were willing simply to show compassion to somebody who was pretty messed up doing all he could to destroy his life in many ways. It all started with a bit of compassion. Well, what does the Lord do about all of this? Does he just live by all of these emotions? No. That's not what the Lord does at all. So point three says, looking at the harvest. Jesus could see abundance. He could see the harvest, and it wasn't a small one. He could see it. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. But when they saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful. The words used here make it clear that Jesus was not looking at tasks to be done. Jesus didn't set up a to-do list. Barb and I both are to-do list kind of people, her more than me, but uh, we, we both have our tasks and we both have our lists and we both like to be able to check things off those lists. But that's not what Jesus is doing here. Today we have people who say they would come and they would serve as missionaries if they knew exactly what they were going to be doing. Yeah, you're going to have compassion on people and you're going to reach people for Christ. Yeah, no, but I want to know what I'm going to be doing each day and I want to have my schedule set out. And mm, Okay, you might have that opportunity, but you might not. It might be that what God is going to do is go and ask you to be people who have your eyes open so that you can see things that us other missionaries aren't seeing yet because God has equipped you to be involved in those things and not us. Jesus has his eyes open and he sees people that are like sheep having no shepherd. They need to know that Jesus is the good shepherd. He saw a harvest that was above average. This harvest is plentiful. And you know it still is today. It's amazing how God uses the words of Scripture. This doesn't, the way this is worded, as I was reading back through it again last night, this is not something that has an end to it. Jesus used words here that means that the harvest is going to continue to be plentiful. Trust me, Barb and I are not going to reach all the people in Australia before we retire that need to be reached. We need more people to come down because there's going to be more people who need to be reached. 
Don't look at missions as something to do. As if we will be able to have some to-do list, some assignment that we can chick, tack, chick, tick off each day. I don't know what you want to say here. I was going to say something else, but it's Australian, so don't worry about it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we do have daily tasks. We do have schedules. We do have things that we keep. But they... We, we can't always know just exactly how God is going to bring people into our path in each day who need the shepherd, who need to be able to get to know God and what he has done for them. Friska, one of the people of our church, a member who's been so valuable to us over the last few years, is an um, MRI specialist. He's um, got extra degrees in that stuff, you know. Um, not only knows how to run the machines, she's good at it. Well, she was recently offered almost three times the money to move uh, out of state and uh, take a job in another area. And um, since she did take that job, she's come back and actually spent her vacation time with us uh, in our home. And she says, oh, well, I like the pay. I, I can't find a good church. The closest good church for me is two hours drive. Oh, can you imagine having to drive in two hours? You can get a long ways, almost to Sacramento from here. (laughs) You know? Can you imagine if you had to leave San Francisco and drive almost to Sacramento to find a good church? How discouraging. She sees the fields and she sees the opportunities, so much so that even before she left, she's thinking about uh, and is now planning on probably the first of next month or so. She's going to be on the Mercy Ship as it uh, is uh, working over in Africa because she's a medical specialist and she wants to be able to use the opportunity to help people in the physical ways, because she can, but also then to be able to share Christ with people. She's not going to Africa to see Africa. She's going to Africa because people there need to hear of the Savior that she loves so much. Even if it's just when she's running x-ray machines or whatever she has the opportunity. Be a church that is more than spiritual when you're together. Support missionaries that do the same. Consider being a missionary who would help people know Christ, know this shepherd that they so desperately need. We need to see the harvest fruit. Next point. Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. See it for what it is. See this harvest for what it is. People who need God to deal with being thrust down and helpless. I mean, we spent the night in San Francisco last night. You got a few of those around here, let me tell you. You got a few people here who are thrust down and and need our Savior, need that spiritual help. But I think you know that, right? (laughs) See it for what it is. People who need the shepherd that we know, that we love. See it for what it is. An opportunity to, what does Jesus say? 
an opportunity to pray. Now, there are prayers in the Bible, and I'm going to suggest two here. One of them was a prayer of Moses that I don't want you to follow. When God is trying to calm Moses and tell him he needs to go back to Egypt, it gets all the way down after God has to argue with him four different times. On the fifth time, uh, Moses sends out some prayer that just says, God, I don't want to do it. Just send somebody else, please. (laughs) That's not the prayer we're talking about here. This is more the prayer of Elijah. When in chapter 6, not Elijah, Isaiah, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 6, he sees his unworthiness and he sees the call of God saying, people need to hear. Though he knows he's unworthy, he says, well, Lord, here am I, send me. God sees that God sees the plentiful harvest and he asks us to pray send out laborers into his harvest our words here send out laborers send out is the other side of this uh, word it's the synonym to our previous word uh, ripio, riptio. This one is ekbaleho. Ekbaleho means to uh, ek means out and away, and baleho means to cast or to throw or to drive. And uh, zodiati is saying to cast forth, to thrust out, or to thrust into action. Well, the first word has a very negative context to it. Throughout Greek literature, most of the time, this has a very positive context to it. To, to thrust with a purpose and into action. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would thrust more people to his harvest field. Oh, we need them in Australia. And we're just one country. We need them throughout the world. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. It may be you think you have some physical limitations or whatever that you cannot go, but you can still pray. It may be that you need to consider, well, you know, work isn't what I thought it would be. Do you have any idea what the average age uh, across solid mission boards like uh, ABWE, our mission board, or BMW, you know what the average age of the person going out is anymore? It's like 45. People who are tired of their first career and decide, I'm going to go serve God. <laughs> Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would thrust laborers into his harvest field. Just this week, we completed a missionary class in ABWE, and we had two new missionary couples appointed to Australia. Amen! (laughs) We could use a dozen. We really could. Barb and I are coming to the end of our time. Not there yet, we don't think. (laughs) Unless the Lord jerks our chain, that's fine. He can do that. But we need 
to see the Lord thrust out laborers into his harvest. Pray with us, please, that God would thrust into his target area his harvest. Those who will simply help others know him, who will have compassion on people so that they can share the spiritual side of the answer in life that they really need. In conclusion, the harvest is full of ripe fruit, and Jesus expected his people to pray to God about the situation. Today, in today's culture, we find churches that are willing to give, and and that's needed. We thank you very much for your generosity to us. We appreciate that. We find churches that are willing to hope others from other churches go. We find churches that are willing to listen to great stories from others about what God is doing all around the world. And oh, I wish I had a lot more time to tell you some great stories. My wife gets sick of them because she hears them all the time. But most of you, that God has been doing some really good things. We'd love to tell you how during the pandemic when they shut down everybody from going into the aged care homes, we had one aged care home that literally told us, no, please come in, we need you. (laughs) Days are so much better when you are there. And it got to the point where we were even just going in and singing hymns with the old folks, you know, for 45 minutes once a week because it made a difference in their life. And we were able then to talk with them. There are so many stories we could share with you. So many. However, we find very, very few people, very, very few churches who are asking how to pray. Asking God in prayer to thrust forth more laborers into his harvest field. Maybe some from this church. Lord, please. It hurts when your people head off to the mission field because they're usually the good ones. But that's all the better. All the better. When we do pray, we need to ask God... To do more than bless the missionaries. You know, this has been my pet peeve as long as you have known me. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's nice when we hear God, oh, bless the missionaries. Yes, we like to be blessed. <laughs> but what we would really love you to do is pray, God, send them some help. God, help them to see the harvest. God, help them to point people to the shepherd. Yeah, and along the way, bless them as well. (laughs) Very few are willing to join us in praying that God would thrust forward his people into his harvest, into those who are being thrust down by our world, by our government, by people who have claimed power even by social media these days. 
Now, I always end my sermons with three questions, application questions that I'm hoping will make you think. Number one, do you understand what Jesus is asking people to do here? Jesus did not say, go out and heal people. Jesus said, live by my example, have compassion, and pray. Do you understand what Jesus is asking his people to do? His people, you, me. Number two, will you commit to praying more faithfully for a new crop of missionaries? There's a lot of us who are 60. (laughs) We need a young crop of missionaries to thrust forth into the field. Number three, will you ask God if you can go and when that might be? When might that be? Maybe it's going, like I said earlier, just to come down and encourage us by letting us see your face and seeing somebody from a church that we love so much. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's to come and serve alongside of us for a month or a week. Or, you know, Barb and I also do the sport event evangelism, which I haven't talked much about. That's a 10-day commitment to go to the Olympic Games. Or I bought tickets this week to go to Qatar, Middle East. And I will be there for the FIFA World Cup. Now there I need you to pray for me. <laughs> I don't really want to get arrested I don't really want to spend time in jail over there, but I will be there evangelizing, the Lord willing, the Lord Terry. I'm planning on being there. And I'd take somebody else who really loves soccer or whether you just don't know much about soccer but really want to talk with people from all over the world. We'd be happy to take you along with that. Will you ask God if you can go and when that might be? I'm going to pray and then we will share just the short video that helps you see some of the different things that we have been doing to let the Lord of the harvest be seen in our area of the world. Let me pray. God, we thank you so much for our time together this morning. We ask that you, God, would continue to do your work in your way. And we know, Lord, you have asked us to be people who would see your work of compassion continue to carry on and people come to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Lord, may we continue to enjoy the partnership that we have with this church as we seek to bring you honor and glory always. You are such a good and gracious God to give us a part of what you are doing. There's nothing better in the world that we could do. So, Lord, as we worship you today, we ask that you would speak to our hearts according to your scripture and help us to be people of prayer, that you would send forth your labors, thrust them out into your harvest field.
In Christ's name I do pray. Amen.